was no hope for this world. It's time for me to die. There's things we have to accept no matter how much it hurts. I wish I was hopeful, like you. Maybe I don't want to say goodbye. My mistakes outweigh all the good I've ever done. Watch your mother. Tell her how much I love her. The end of the world is licking at our heels! beginning god created uh barry allen and oliver <laughs> what's up y'all this is crisis on infinite earth's review from carefree black nerd um this is my own little crisis on cbn use that hashtag crisis on cbn when you're live tweeting the episode and when you're watching the episodes for january because i'm sure um this comes out after because we've already watched Okay, uh, <laughs> there's that. So yeah, what's up, y'all? This is Carefree Black Nerd. You already know who it is. I'm here. I'm doing my thing, enjoying Crisis, and I have with me a, I'll say a um a guest professor of sorts to uh, school me on this Arrowverse shit. Go ahead. What's up? What's up, y'all? So Marcus Haynes back Arrowverse. I guess. I guess I'm Elvis adjunct professor, maybe not full of uh, <laughs> the knowledge. Um, been rocking with Elvis since seventeen. Watch pretty much all the shows. Okay. Uh, you will find me on Twitter and sometimes on Instagram talking about the shows. They loose as a deuce. So if you <laughs> if you follow the Elvis, you want to talk about part two of Crisis, hit me up. Yes, 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 indeed. There you go. There you go. And of course, guys, the links will be in the show notes. And depending on when this comes out, because podcasting is its own little like cyclical. I don't know, time stream of sorts, you'll be able to listen to Marcus yet again on the Carefree Black Nerd third installment of the movie night, covering a very interesting film that I don't think a lot of people know about. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so be on the lookout for that. All right, so chapter one, Crisis on Infinite Earths, starts with Supergirl. Um, what is your relationship with Supergirl in the Arrowverse prior to Crisis? So... I've seen all but the complete first season of Supergirl. Okay. Uh, I watched a couple of episodes from first season, but the first season was on CBS, if I'm not mistaken. So mm -hmm. it kind of had different feel from a lot of the other shows, and even kind of had different feel from Supergirl once it came to CW yeah. in the second season. Um, but Supergirl has been consistently, you know, one of my favorites. That's some stuff they definitely need to work on. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's something. It's something about the way that a lot of the characters are played on Supergirl that really keeps keeps me connected. Even though I would never say I'm like super a super fan. Of okay. <laughs> uh, 
But something about these characters really keeps me coming back every week. So I was glad to see that they started off with Supergirl and glad to see that they started off playing nobody's game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. So um, as y'all know, I've said before, I am not the uh, Arrowverse I'm an Arrowverse novice. I'm a, I don't know, what is it, Neo, uh, New Blood. So, for me, I understand what's going on. I'm familiar with the characters and the comics, some of them, and I'm still learning. And that's why, even though I'm, quote, unquote, more of a Marvel guy, I really enjoy Arrowverse because it's allowing me to consume comic media that I don't know anything about or don't know as much about. And so it leads me to having interesting conversations with people who do know more and for me to kind of dig deep into who is this person I've never heard of before or who is this girl who I know the way she looks, but I don't really know shit about her. So I I do like that I get that like childhood wonder of it all with the arrow, uh, arrow properties and stuff. So Supergirl opens up with the God created heaven and earth in seven days and this and that. And we go right into the action. And we're picking up kind of a montage of the different uh, power players in the Arrowverse. And we end up on, um, I don't know what you call it, like a, a regular night in Metropolis where there's a dragon breathing fire. There is a... Um, man who um is predicting the end of the world we get red skies we're on earth uh nine which is the titans um dc universe earth i didn't know that um yeah so we get a lot of cameos we get booster go we get a bunch of shit yeah like we, we like when i when i said it starts off playing nobody's games yeah like after the whole biblical you know this is the beginning and the beginning <laughs> you know that type of deal yeah it, straight into like we're seeing i'm talking people from the old batman movies uh-huh you know to to the titans yeah spend we even like the first like the i'm talking the adam west yeah uh, holy something of something yeah like, that's, yes like that's that problem <laughs> and you know it's just, it's already it's kind of putting you in that mode like okay mm-hmm. this is like a, a celebration mm-hmm. of dc almost mm-hmm. and you know kind of kind of like you i've at least when I was a kid, I was more so of a Marvel person. Yeah. Um, but I really gravitated towards these shows. Mm-hmm. And really what I think that these shows do, that, you know, DC has kind of struggled to do in the movies, <laughs> um, is really celebrate, like, their cast of iconic characters. Yeah. When, when you really sit back and think about it, like, you know, DC characters, like those main characters we think of, the Superman, the Batman, mm-hmm. one, like... These are these superheroes. Yeah, and like you can see a lot of this, a lot of this crisis is kind of leaning into that. Mm-hmm. A lot of that nostalgia that we have. So them starting off showing like, hey, you remember those characters that you loved when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. You remember those theme songs that you used to run around the house and yep. hum to yourself? Like we're gonna throw that at you and make you be like, oh my god, like yeah. this is this is major. With that being said, and I don't. I'm going to bring up Marvel probably a bunch of times in this episode, and it's not necessarily to cut Marvel down, but it's because that's my point of reference. But do you think that Marvel has anywhere near the iconic um, kind of, for lack of a better term, discography or filmography that DC does? Um, because when I think of Marvel, I think of 
anime x-men the animated series however good it was and however much nostalgia makes me remember it fondly i don't think marvel has the catalog that dc does that's always been a that's always been like a i guess an advantage of dc because if you ask some any regular person off the street mm-hmm. you know name a superhero the 99.8 percent of the time <laughs> First person that's gonna come to mind is Superman. Superman yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Marvel has definitely created some amazing properties, but mm-hmm. there's there's nothing that have to compete with that. Yeah, that's 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 just facts. Um, I think that they've been doing pretty very well trying to get their heroes up to that point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you can just show just that S and that little shield, yeah. Thing, Everybody automatically knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Just the you know the bat signal, like and everybody knows who that is. Like DC has that to rely on, and I feel like if they can continue to kind of to build that up to really show, like, hey, we have these superheroes, mm-hmm. like, they could be pretty much unstoppable. <laughs> I mean, there's there's stuff that both of them need to learn from each other. Yeah, but, you know, that's another conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so getting into Supergirl, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth chapter or part one, the Monitor sends Harbinger to gather the world's greatest heroes in preparation for the impeding crisis with their worlds in imminent danger. The heroes suit up for battle. Um, as somebody who has watched Arrow longer than I, did this feel earned? Like when they when they started hitting us over the head with like a bunch of different characters was it was it the nostalgia of all oh, these people were great i remember watching them or was it earned like they did that how did that feel for you see i didn't really i didn't really start to feel like oh my god look at these characters look at all these things until the second episode okay i think i think that this first episode was a lot of kind of like table setting like setting the stakes mm-hmm does it starts, you know, with so many planets and yeah. so many universes, I'm sorry, getting destroyed. Um, and some other stuff that happens that I'm sure we'll talk about in a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I feel like this first episode was a lot more of like getting everybody together. And yeah. And I, for me, it didn't become this sort of like fan, you know, service, nostalgia type thing until the second episode. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So I, so I guess in this episode, it was like, yeah, you know, we've, we've been building to this point. Like, okay, mm-hmm. let's, Let's get it. Let's get. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. And I, I found it impressive because I uh, I learned later on. I think by the second episode. Yeah, because I think it was one of those after shows that this had been in the works since Flash season one. And even though I haven't continuously watched the Arrowverse, I remember the Flash coming out and me living in a whole other state. I was in a whole nother place in my life. I don't remember watching the episode, the show, but I remember flying. I'm like, damn, that was a while ago. So y'all have been laying the groundwork. So again, kind of the shoehorn in Marvel here. They did an amazing job with Infinity War and Endgame. But I think to achieve that on the level of the silver screen, the TV, it may be a bit easier because you get more episodic um, um, uh, ways to tell the story. But just the mere nature of having to get different shows greenlit and to get a whole creative team and casting and different locations. And so I I didn't follow Arrowverse, but now I see the grandeur of this event. So 
can I dip my toe in? Go in, go in. Because <laughs> that's that's actually one of the things that I love about this universe so much. You know, being being a writer myself mm-hmm. and sometimes like who who writes, loves, and like even studies all this you know superhero type media thing. Um, I've been consistently impressed mm-hmm. by world building. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is the greatest thing in Marvel ha- that the MCU has is you know pretty much immaculate world building. Mm-hmm. I think that is what has kind of sunk the DCEU. It's oh. not having great world building. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the Arrowverse, you know, something that can be, I'm not going to say, you know, it's hard to compare, you know, TV to movies. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that really makes the Arrowverse something we're talking about is their world building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I was sitting back and just thinking about leading up to, to Crisis, just thinking about the fact, you know, Arrow started in 2012. From Arrow, we got so many different shows. We got Flash. We mm-hmm. got Legend of Tomorrow. We down the line got Batwoman. Mm-hmm. We got incorporated into here through Arrow. We got Constantine. Yeah. We got Supergirl. You mm-hmm. know, you got Black Lightning. They got kind of rolled into this. You mm-hmm. got so many shows that got connected because the characters moved over or they had relationships with other characters mm-hmm. and, you know, spinoffs and all these sorts of things. It's really amazing what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of agree with you. It may be easier, to, a little bit easier to do with TV because you have more time and space yeah. to put together. But I, 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 don't, I, don't, I still am in awe because when you think about how many characters, how many universes, how many you know showrunners, how many mm-hmm. actresses and, and script writers and stuff. Yeah. You have to get on board with this. It's just like, y'all did that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. I, I think so. And do they even have a like Kevin Feige type who, or is it just, or do you know? Well, from from my understanding, that's that kind of falls onto Greg Valenti and Mark okay. Lundheim, okay, um, as like two of the major people who really put a lot of this together. I think Valenti is a major um, showrunner producer and. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say that Guggenheim is kind of the Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that kind of a, that um, description kind of applied to both of them. Yeah, so okay. I just, I just use both of their names. Yeah. One of them is the one that's orchestrated. Right. <laughs> look, it's 50-50 chance you're right, or 100% <laughs> chance you're right. But no, so, okay, so we, we get to uh, Supergirl. She stops this dragon, which is in Iguana, I believe. Um, not Iguana, um... A lizard? It's something. It's not a real uh, fucking dragon. So I remember watching, tuning into Supergirl very vaguely, like, and it was had to be earlier this year where there was like a MAGA type of storyline where there was a fucking dragon. I was like, why am I not watching this show? There's the goddamn dragon, and <laughs> I was thinking. Is this a dragon because of the whole Game of Thrones Khaleesi thing, or is it not? And either way, I was still into it, like Supergirl and a fucking dragon. But I never followed up. My plan was to wait till off season and try to catch up, but I didn't. So, as a um, someone relatively new to the Arrowverse, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing Supergirl in action. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of her, but it's not because she's not a good character. It's because I am not as familiar with her and her stories as I am with other characters. 
watching her on this episode and even in some of the trailers that I'll see, like if I'm watching other CW shows, she's interesting. Um, she's not my go-to, but watching this episode made me be like, okay, she's very much, I get, and you, you let me know if I'm spot on or not, but she gives me this good girl, but not this goody two shoes. She gives me this, I'm going to do what I need to do. I am, I, I don't want to say the girl Superman, but for all intents and purposes, I am the alien who's fighting for right, but there are a lot of complicated shit happening around me where that's not always easy. And so I was like, okay, I think I can get with this girl. So I may be following her post crisis. So I mean, you're pretty much you pretty much are all spot on. I'm uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm not the I'm not a super fan of the super family. Yeah, but same. <laughs> from what I do know of Supergirl, of like her whole thing, um, she very much she embodies a lot of those a lot of those traits that you know people love about Superman, mm-hmm. you know, the hope, justice, you know, all this sort of yeah. Um But what makes her a little bit different is that she was a little bit older mm-hmm. when I blew up. Okay. So she, you know, she, she, she's technically she's the older cousin, mm-hmm. but, you know, comic book shenanigans. Right, right. <laughs> she's up being younger. Um, but like, so she has a little bit more of an edge. She has a little bit more of a, you know, a kind of a, a little oomph to her. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get to Superman. Okay. So yeah, she pretty much, you know, she's, I'm going to do the right thing, but you know, hey, people is crazy. Yeah. Sometimes you need to get heat, heat vision. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that. And I'm not traditionally a fan of just conventionally attractive white woman with blonde hair, blue eyes. But <laughs> something about the actress who plays Supergirl, I really enjoy. And I think for me, because I'm such a mutant addict, she looks exactly how, when I was a kid, I imagined Paige Guthrie to look, who is Cannonball's baby sister, who was part of Generation X. The whole bangs, blonde hair, kind of doe eyes good girl but i'm strong enough to whoop your ass like i'm getting that so more than likely it's just me kind of imprinting on this girl but i like her and in a show and a series uh speaking about crisis full of conventionally attractive white women she does stand out to me now lena is the baddest bitch of them all and I was gang no a pussy ass bitch could never a pussy ass Kryptonian could never like I don't I Supergirl's beautiful but Lena that motherfucker is bad so I don't <laughs> oh shit that's just some period yeah oh my god um so we get um John which is Martian Manhunter am I right or okay and then who is this nigga. Who's like Asian and white, or maybe all spicy white, and he has like a old English dialect. What is this guy with the black? I think, I think you're talking about Brainy. Probably. Um, was, he, was he the one who was like who was saying all those random lines? Like, he, you know, I think this one speaks to rabbits and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, that was Brainy. <laughs> I like this nigga. I don't know, not like. With me not knowing a lot about these characters, I I go off my first impression, and I'm willing to, of course, have my mind be changed, but whoever I like, as soon as they're on screen, that's who I'm, like, really watching, and this motherfucker seemed, I like him. He seems very alien-like, or, like, yeah. robotic, but I like him. I like everything about this man. Yeah, 
Um, so, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't know if, if, if you want me to tell you. Go ahead. Okay. No, come on. Essentially, brain, you're kind of right on when you're talking about he's kind of alien-like. Mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar you have. You ever heard of like the DC character Brainiac? Um, yeah, because, well, see, now I might be mixing up with my Marvel knowledge, because, is it Brainiac 5? Because I'm thinking... Yeah, it's like 5, 9, this month. Okay, okay, yeah, then I've heard of him, and I, I, I'm vaguely familiar. Okay, so, essentially, I don't remember which number he is. Okay. I want to say 9, but I'm, that may be incorrect. Mm -hmm. But, basically, Brainy is a Brainiac. Okay. Uh, he's one that's pretty, that's from the future, pretty much trying to atone mm -hmm. for what he's, um... The rest of his ancestors and stuff have done, mm -hmm. uh, and but at the same time, they're they're technically machines. Okay, they have like you know this collective pool of memory and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. So there's at least one part that's a really beautiful, amazing scene mm -hmm. where Brainy ends up getting rebooted. Okay, and he kind of slips back into that Brainiac, uh, like you know, evil collector. Like, okay, kind of thing. And uh, it's it's awesome. I'm not even gonna. Okay. Awesome. Okay. It's really um, and it really shows a lot more of that after. I will say that after really does does a great job, mm -hmm. especially when they're able to you know play into that whole you know like I'm a machine trying yeah. to do type feel. Mm -hmm. And when they when we see so like what the flip side of that is. Like yeah. It's like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> back to the, into the nerdy nigga, please. Yeah, okay, I, I like that. I really like him. Um, I want to know, and if you know, Argo City is that on another planet or is that in Earth? On on and like, where is Argo City? So Argo was, if I'm not mistaken, it's um, it's a piece of Krypton. Okay. That when it blew up, it was protected. Okay. And so a couple of, like, I don't know if they were like the wealthy Kryptonians or Probably. just like yeah. some random people, but some Kryptonians end up standing on that. And there's this, it's sort of like its own planet. Okay. Okay. Uh, they introduced it in the third season of Supergirl. Okay. In my opinion, not in the best way, but what <laughs> done with it. But it, it's 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 a part of their sort of like it's a part of their mythos. Like okay, this place where a couple of Kryptonians are still living. Okay, okay, then that's cool. Um, I, that to me explains how every I don't know hundredth person on Earth is a Kryptonian. So, <laughs> um, but okay, so we get that we get uh Superman who is Supergirl universe Superman. Am I right? Yes. Him and Lois Lane and her uh uh. Kara's mother, and I forget her name, but that motherfucker was bad. Um, I liked her. And Lois Lane, and then, is this Jonathan? We got Jonathan Kent, is that correct? Okay, because I'm I'm behind on Titans at the time of this recording, so I know, uh, spoiler alert, Superboy is on Titans this season, and so I'm thinking with the tie-in, is one of these fucking different versions of Jonathan, the Superboy that we get on Titans, or um, <laughs> the only thing I know about Superboy is from Young Justice. Yeah, you know that was a clone. True. 
Absolutely, absolutely not. Think about it. I think that the one on Titans has that same backstory. Okay. That okay. He's he's a clone of Lex of, Luthor. Uh, of Lex and uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one on Titans has that same backstory. Okay. Okay. So there's, a, there's a weird sort of thing between you know the Superboy that's the clone and then the Superboy that's their child. Yeah. Cause my okay, interspecies breeding. Um, I know this is comic books, but <laughs> Lois and Cl- I was Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman. Um, okay, so cool. So that happens. Um, Jaan, I didn't get as much as him as I would have liked, but I'm okay. I can forgive that because it's a larger story being told. Pretty much, a lot of hell breaks loose on this episode, and we get our Madam Nick Fury going through getting all these people. <laughs> to fucking come together and i like that um i don't know who this chick is um i enjoyed seeing her though she looked very military-esque uh the harbinger what show is she from do you know she's from arrow okay Uh, she's she's the wife and of john diggle and she's the head of argus essentially um, if I'm not mistaken, what mm-hmm. happened was she took Amanda Waller's place. Okay. When the sh- when Arrow the show had to write off Amanda Waller. Okay. Okay. Now was Amanda Waller black or white? Oh, no, she's black. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was the <laughs> Okay. Cool. Okay. So yeah. So I I do I do like her. I mean she um. She she don't do much, uh, but I can tell that she is a powerful person, and she hell she's doing a hell of a lot, and she's getting these people together now with this. Okay, this is gonna be trying to make this my last Marvel reference, but this is very much like the McCran Crystal back in the ninety four ninety five year, where that took over all of the X books for four months and gave us the first Age of Apocalypse. Um, I really like this. I like seeing this play out because that's what it puts me in the mind of. The Earth thing is kind of bothering me because I don't know how many. Like, are there infinite Earths? Are there 52 Earths? Well, there are more than that. Like, is there a concrete answer for that? Or Yeah, the the concrete answer, especially the one that they're leaning into now, is there are infinite Earths. Okay, okay. they kind of, I don't know if I don't know if I want to call it misspoke or maybe that was what they were planning at the time. Mm-hmm. They kind of said in one of the previous crossovers that they were about fifty three. Okay. Um, but that could easily be like, well, they're only fifty three that we knew about. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Makes but sense. They're, they're they're pretty much they're they're infinite Earths um, in the show in this Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, yeah. okay, well, I'm good with that. And I only ask because I'm like, I, the Chrysler Infinite Earth, the comic, you know, that was done to clean up the continuity errors of DC Comics. And then we get this, which is kind of like maybe a soft or maybe hard reboot of the Arrowverse, since this is the last season for Arrow. Um, yeah. So I'm interested. We get Arrow's daughter. Um, again, I am not 100% familiar with the Arrow uh lore but i do know that he has a black son where's that guy is he not if they bring that up i will be confused because i don't i don't think that they 
Yeah, I don't think they're going that route. Now, that boy Connor, I know he appeared on the show, and I'm not the best damn narrator for this shit, but because I remember seeing him, I was like, oh, Connor, but I don't think Connor on the Arrow show was his son. And I was like, oh, okay. And then there's a Black Flash, too, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, on, on the shows, uh -huh. Is a um, Connor is Diggle's son. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. He's um, yeah, he's Diggle's son. Is it Connor Hawk? Is he still named Connor yes. Hawk? Yes. <sighs> I, I, I pause because technically he's adopted, but that doesn't that doesn't change anything. Right, right, right. But this is okay. Well, whatever. I I get over it. So <laughs> we get we get um, Oliver and his daughter in. She's a very plain-looking girl. She's very CW. <laughs> I mean, she's very CW. And this is why I say Kara really stands out. That is a beautiful woman. And not to say these women are worth is reduced to their looks. But I look at everybody like, oh, you look kind of... Um, but, like I said, first impressions. But her and Connor, her and Connor, her and Oliver are talking. And then Harbinger show up, which I want to... I, my, why is Harbinger showing up like right at the almost end of days? Like she's not showing up sooner. Like I, we're about to die, sis. Why are you waiting to now? But mm, um, yeah. So she goes to him and she meets. And she does the same thing with Flash and with a few other people, and she's you know getting folks together. She goes to um, Gotham on whatever Earth Batwoman is, and she stops. Batwoman from whooping the ass of the Wonderland gang and she's like come on you know we got shit to do and I like this I like this little kind of montage um we settle at a comedy club or like a spoken word place with who are these people now the, the Adam and Killer Frog no who's with we pop in on the legends of tomorrow. Oh, there um, he's in the. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah, like that's the legends are probably probably my favorites. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, particularly the the other blonde haired white woman that's with them, mm -hmm. um, Sarah Lance. Uh, yes, she's my favorite Arrowverse character. She's been there since the beginning. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So she started off on Arrow and then they spun off, and she's pretty much the lead, the face. Of, of Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, okay. And then being at that little club and then talking about how they kind of messed up their chances for free drinks mm -hmm. because of changing history. That's if you ever wanted a pocket description of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> that's okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, and the the CGI. I think what DC and CW did really well. Is you can get really cheesy with a lot of like overdone CGI, but they used it in such a good way that even on episode three, and I'm seeing this same like teleportation stuff, I'm not tired of it. It looks convincing. It looks like it's probably cheap enough to do. Take a shot without the people, take a shot with the people, and then put it together. But um, Harbinger brought all the people who she just met onto this spaceship, I guess. I don't know. Where whatever. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, and so there's that. Uh, one mo- one moment that I really enjoyed was Harbinger being punched by Batwoman and not being phased at all. And I was like, okay, this is very good for someone who don't know any of these people. Well, no, her specifically. She's clearly powerful and ain't phased easily. Like, so I like that. Um, what is your take on this whole meeting of the minds, the superheroes of every earth together? What? Yeah. Yeah, I... For me, my favorite part about these crossovers is like the interactions between the characters. Mm-hmm. I love that you know we have everybody. You know, everybody comes together. Like, all right, we've got to save the world again. Let's talk. <laughs> uh, so that's always a lot of fun. I especially like you know in that little in those little couple of seconds where Harbinger brings like everybody to Earth thirty eight. Yeah. Um, you have you know. You start to realize, like, okay, like, okay, they don't know them, and they don't know that, and they don't know yeah. this, and so you know that type of deal. Because um, like the quick succession, Harbinger shows up. Almost everybody else who's seen Harbinger up to that point recognizes, you know, who she actually is. Yeah, goes what have you. Supergirl has no idea who she is, mm-hmm. so she's, you know, a couple seconds from from heat vision of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, she sees Kate, who she knows. Yeah. On top. Kate is, you know, is doing her Batwoman thing. Yeah. So, she has to, so Carl kind of has to calm, calm her down. And then we see, you know, Oliver didn't know, who's never seen Kate outside of her costume. Mm. Um, so he's like, oh, okay, that, that actually makes sense that she's Batwoman. Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was a really cool sort of like quick succession of like, okay, like let's all get acquainted type mm-hmm, deal. Mm-hmm. And then I think that a lot of these crossovers really excel at like the character interaction. Yeah. Okay, I I agree. I liked it. I liked uh, every bit of it. Um, no sooner did we get the introduction, but we get some tower is erupting downtown, and then what did you call her? What's the chick name from Legends with all white on? Dinah? Uh, no, it's, um, Sarah Lance. Sarah Lance. Now is she Dinah's mother or daughter, or is she no relation? Sister. Well, okay. well, 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 well. Let, me, let, me, let me take a step back. She's Laurel Lance's sister. Okay. Who, if I'm not mistaken, her name is Laurel Dino or Dino Lawrence, one of them. Oh. Um, she's a black canary. She's a black canary sister. Okay. Okay. Simple. Simple. Good, she, good. <laughs> um, her superhero persona is white canary. Yeah. Now, I remember that. I remember that. From uh, kind of perusing Legends was season two, I think, where she was like in a bar whooping some ass, and yeah, I've, I've seen that. Um, I like her now. I know when I first started watching Legends when it first came out, I wasn't a fan because I know what the fuck was going on, and it felt very campy. I love camp; that wasn't the issue. But when I look back on it, and then I look at this White Canary, she's edgy. She is strong. Like, she looks physically strong. Um, she has the physique that I would want for Batwoman. Ruby Rose isn't as cut as I would like to see her, but that's neither here nor there. But I like her. In every single episode we've gotten with her, I've enjoyed watching her on screen. Period. Hands down. She looks like... Because I, I don't think you get a lot of this. An older woman. She's not ancient but she's clearly visibly older than some of the other women on the cast and she holds her own and she looks good and i don't question her presence there um 
And when I say older, she probably might be like seven years older than somebody. She's yeah. Not <laughs> I don't think it's a huge gap, but she, I, you know, just some people look older than others, but I like that she looks, and maybe it wasn't, maybe focusing on age ain't really the, the best, but she just doesn't look like this pretty polished, bright-eyed, supergirl type of CW woman. She looks like she could easily have walked off of Titans or could have easily been on an HBO show or on another network. She doesn't look like the cookie-cutter CW um, aesthetic, and I like that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that comes to do with the actress's presence, like how mm. she carries herself and how she, like she could, like I said, she's been this character since what, like 2013? Mm, yeah. Uh, Damn, six, so seven years. She, she's been around this universe for a long time, mm-hmm. and her character has done a lot. Mm. So that it, it may be, you know, something, you know, a credit to the actress that yeah. she's sort of reflecting, like, what her character has been through. Like, I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen a lot of shit, been in a lot of places. <laughs> and we'll fuck with different races, yeah. And Got a I, black dude, his yeah, name was. That, oh shit so i like her um we get everybody again with another like quick meeting um trying to figure out what the fuck we got going on there's a wormhole there's some shit in star city and even though it feels like we keep getting a lot of group shots of talking heads it does not take me out of the story Everything, even though they were just talking in the meeting room and before that they had just met and now we have a new addition and we're all in this room, it still feels like we're pushing the story forward. Like, yeah, we met. Here goes some new bitches. This was the first plan. Now we're here for a large... Like, it, I like I like what I'm getting from it and it's not... Um, it doesn't take me out of it. Um, I don't like the way... No, that's rude. Um, I'm not a fan of this Lois Lane. I'll say that. Um, I think the actress um, is doing a good job. Her acting is great, but something about her I don't particularly care for. Um, like, and I and I say that, and that stuck out to me because damn near everybody on screen, I'm just excited to see them. But her, when they were on Argo City or in Argo City or whatever, I was like, okay, cool, I like this. Maybe it was the clothing, I don't know. But seeing her more and more, I'm like, um, eh, I could do without her. Terry Hatcher. Bring me Terry Hatcher, please. Um, yeah, so there's that. So we get a lot of, like I said, a lot of talking and stuff. And we get this mission. Um, folks going to save the ivory tower, the red tower. Um, I don't know. We get... Uh, John, and who is this white lady? This Natasha Agent Hill combination. Who is this chick? Who is she? That's that's Alex Danvers. That's uh that's Kara's adopted sister. Oh, okay. She she runs the um on because Earth thirty eight has so many aliens. I mean, clearly they got Martian to <laughs> Because they have so many aliens, they have a Department of Extra Normal Operations. Okay, okay, that's fair. It's kind of like handles. It's kind of like handles. I almost, I, I almost called them ice for aliens, but that's <laughs> that's rude to the. Uh, um, they're like they're more so like kind of they couldn't they deal with alien problems. Really. Okay. 
they like kind of help um, help people. They do a little bit of helping get people adjusted, but they really kind of like deal with you know aliens that are acting up and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Um, so she's the head over that. So yeah. Um, Black Widow is a great comparison. Okay, because she, yeah, that whole look gave me, like, edgy white woman, but, like, I'm also a trained spy. And it she didn't bother me. I just did not know who the fuck she was, and I didn't think, I think with everybody else, I pretty much knew or got a sense of who they were. But her, like, I would have never guessed that was Supergirl's sister. I was like, okay, this is a powerful woman, but I don't know why she's part of this so thanks for clearing that up because i don't think they've if they did i missed it during crisis i don't think it was ever said that was my sister um there's a conversation that happens between kara and clark uh as supergirl and superman where he is upset about argo city and supergirl is like kind of um just being optimistic you know um and not blaming him whereas like he's blaming himself I liked this scene with them. Yeah, I, I liked it. I it really, it felt, it felt real. Um, it felt like something that would weigh on someone's mind. Um, and then the additional kind of element of him not having his powers on Argo City, where yes, even though you would want it to help, there's nothing you could fucking do. Um, that was that was good as well. Is this what we get on Supergirl? When we do have, when we do have Superman, we we do get moments like that. Mm. Uh, you know, they they can't use super, they can't use Superman all the time. I think mm. for two reasons. Um, one, because you know, because there's this separation between the TV and the movies. Yeah. The people the people who do the movies are kind of kind of strongholding the big characters. They feel like they can make money off of. Yeah. So they're like, okay, you can use Superman, but sporadically. Kind okay. Of deal. And okay. the second reason is, we because Superman is such a presence, you know, you Superman walks into a room and everybody defers to Superman. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard. I think it's kind of hard for them to include Superman yeah. without overshadowing Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that Yes, yeah, so they kind of try to use use him not too often. Yeah. But I think that the relationship between the two of them is a really good. Like a really good relationship, a, re- a strong point between, like a strong point of the characters. Okay. Kind of like that that hopeful persona that Kara put on to, you know, kind of encourage uh, Cal is that's what she does on the regular. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that's I, I like that. I did enjoy. I enjoyed them, and I like this Superman. I like like aesthetically what he looks like, and I I bring up his looks because we eventually see the other Superman and. He's very, like, my concern with Luke over on Batwoman is that he looks and acts a certain way that is not in line with the Luke from the comics. But I also understand that black men do not exist in a vacuum. Like, there are different types. And so the type of Luke that we're getting on Batwoman is a legitimate person. Um, But him compared to his comic book counterpart, hell, even his... Crisis on Infinite Earth counterpart is vastly different. <laughs> so, oh, uh, let me tell you. So, um, I, so I like that this Superman is not bulky. He's not huge. He's very much just a, a regular guy. And then we get him in comparison to the others, 
And I was like, okay, this makes sense. I like this. I like this. It really sells the infinite earths of it all when you're not you don't have one actor playing every single version of themselves. So I do like that. I do like that. Um talk to me about the monitor. Is he new to this crisis thing or has he been mentioned before? Has he been Okay. Okay. So um the monitor was originally introduced the last crossover. Okay. I, I guess I should say that they have you know, they have big crossovers around this time every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this year was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Last year was the Elseworlds crossover. Okay. And it started off with, um, you know, with the Monitor showing up and bestowing the Book of Destiny on this guy, John Deacon. Mm-hmm. Um, so they spend much of the Elseworlds um, in different, you know, different alternate realities. Okay. Um, you know, there's... The main reality is the one where the main reality they deal with, I should say, is the one where Flash and Green Arrow have switched powers slash abilities. Mm. Um, so you know they're having to deal with that, and the Monitor is sprinkled throughout. Mm. He eventually explains, you know, I'm testing you all for an for an impending crisis. Mm. So from there, um, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow, particularly are aware of the monitor's existence mm-hmm. and you know because they teased crisis on infinite earth at the end of last year's crossover mm-hmm. at the end of all of the shows respective seasons they sprinkled the monitor in there and just okay. remind you like hey we went lying yeah even though this coming hmm. and then when specifically when flash and green arrow started up this season yeah Monitor has played a huge part. So it's been like, hey, yeah, you know, we said this was coming. Yeah. And you thought we were lying. Right. <laughs> well, that's damn good. I like that. So, again, going back to that amazing storytelling, like you said, world building. The fact that I can watch Flash, never watch anything else, and then go into this crossover and be at least vaguely aware or familiar of who the hell I'm talking to and dealing with. Now, that leaves me with an interesting issue because I have only been religiously following Black Lightning. So, I don't know who the fuck any... Like, I I know who some people are, like, just by nature of pop culture and comics. But I'm like, I don't know who any of these motherfuckers are. Um, and that's frustrating for me. And I have a issue with Black Lightning being this, like, redhead stepchild of a character when he is so powerful and he is so useful and he is so black um <laughs> see okay i'm i'm so much of two minds okay i'm so black lightning um because like you i watched it fairly well especially when it started i watched it religiously yeah and i haven't seen you know all the episodes whatever what have you when they first started and they first said that oh we're not going to include Black Lightning in the Arrowverse proper. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like you, and was like, mm, I don't like that. Like, um, because one of the things, like I said at the beginning, you know, one of the great things about the Arrowverse is the world building, is mm-hmm. the character interactions. And I think a result of that is the fact that because you have so many characters that are so important to a bunch of different shows, mm-hmm. It kind of becomes hard if you cancel one show. Yeah. You have to explain, you know, yeah. this 
on the other show, like, you know, mm-hmm. when they cancel Arrow, you know, where, well, let me take that back, when Arrow ends, mm-hmm. if they didn't have this crossover, they would have to explain where is Oliver yeah. on Ash on Legends and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I felt that without that sort of safety net, that Black Lightning was kind of left out there like, okay, well, if it succeeds, yeah. it doesn't, oh well. Yeah, I agree. So that, that worried me um, before the show started. But now when the show started, especially in that first season, mm-hmm. like, okay, you know what? No, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad they're not connected because they're able to tell a much different type of story. Mm-hmm. What some of these other shows are able to tell, you know, they're able to deal more specifically with, you know, gang violence, with racism. And so mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. uh, the way that some of these other shows have tried to. Yeah. They haven't really been able to succeed. Okay. So then I was kind of like, okay. But now when we're getting, you know, when we're leading up to big, huge events that require all hands on deck. Yeah. This um, crisis. I go back to my original thought. I was like, mm, I kind of wish you were more incorporated. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's a back and forth for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess I can see the benefits and the negatives of yeah. it. So I can never really stay in one camp. Yeah. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I was like, I was excited it was on its own. Uh, I guess my concern and my issue is I understand you can't give everybody screen time on these five episodes. I get that. But I know I've watched Black Lightning and Batwoman and then seen like a preview for a Flash or Arrow. And I've seen the Harbinger. I've seen them dealing with the impeding Christ. I've, I've seen with my own eyes. So you mean to tell me there's no way that maybe in episode two of Black Lightning season three in the midst of all this crisis shit, there couldn't have been a post credit scene of some shit is coming. Like I just... Because when we eventually get him, and again, it's maybe me, my my uh, Marvel has conditioned me to, to get these post credit scenes, but <laughs> I just I was like, man, I'm okay with him being separate if you can make it make sense. Because in, in season one, we mentioned Vixen and we mentioned Supergirl, so not that they need to be in Black Lightning, but we can't then act like that was never said and made it through edits and made it onto screen. So that was that's my biggest concern. I because the way okay the I think that the way that fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. when Jefferson actually does show up. Yeah, I think that the way that he reacted to the to the two Superman that he saw, he was like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. the Superman real. Yeah, <laughs> and so I guess maybe on their Earth. On Black Lightning's earth, mm-hmm. um, everybody that they talk about is you know imaginary. They're all just comic book characters, mm-hmm. which you know I guess when you're dealing with infinite earths, mm-hmm. that's, that's a possibility. <coughs> True. Um. So I can I can I can kind of see that, mm-hmm. but I do agree with you that I wish there had been more build up because just the one episode that they had, I, I I tweeted out like I feel sorry for the people who only watch Black Lightning. Yes. Because they're probably like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, it, it, it was, it's so much. Mm-hmm. Right? On the other shows, we built up to this multiverse thing, you know. Multiverse has been a thing for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. On these shows. 
versus with them, it's just like, oh, we got to put Black Lightning in crisis. Yeah. Explain the most first, real quick. Yeah. Uh, and I think they could have they could have really uh, benefited from having a better build up. Yeah. But I I wonder, and this you know this is this is one of the things you know you, you never know if you never know if something is like a legitimate like a uh, a legitimate issue or yeah. racism about it. You never really know. <coughs> right. Because um, so you don't you don't we don't know if you know they just were excluding Black Lightning or mm-hmm. if it was something like. Kind of like what happened with Supergirl in her first crossover. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they simply didn't didn't know if they were going to be able to use them. Yeah. Time enough. So they had to try to scramble and throw some things together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what's the case. Yeah. So uh, so if you know you if people want to say want to say whatever want to be you know like oh this is mm-hmm. they just segregated the black man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue with that because I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that Supergirl crossover. I remember them meeting in a desert or something. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's that's a nice little green screen. But no, um, I I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Black Lightning is what it is. Um, Jonathan has been sent off from Argo City and the Lance Emma, Emma Frost, um, <laughs> Lois Lane and Brainy go after Jonathan with the coordinates and stuff, run into Oliver. Which earth is this where they find the Oliver who has Jonathan? Do you remember? 16, I think. So that's the thing that had me more most upset over this episode is that I don't think they did a good enough job at distinguishing these Olivers and the importance of the Olivers. Because the one we get with his daughter in the beginning of the episode, and the one we get who set, who caught Jonathan, he has some sort of connection or relation to uh, Miss Lance. Not of his world, because she's a different one, but there's something there. And I know you only get so much time, but I didn't feel like the difference between the Oliver's work was clear enough for a new person to... And, and maybe that's just nigga. You should have been here for all of them. But I, it, I, if but that's the one kind of gripe or negative that I can like. That's the hill I choose to die on with that. Out of no, all of the yeah. things in the episode. Yeah, no, I I can see that because like kind of taking taking out of taking myself out of the thing. You know, we've been watching this for a while. Mm-hmm. I can see how that can be because there's not a whole whole lot of distinction. Between the two, mm-hmm. uh, because the biggest distinction is the fact that you know, in I guess on this earth, um, Oliver never created like a, a team arrow, okay, and um, his adventures didn't lead to you know him <clears throat> knowing Flash, okay, and people becoming the legends of tomorrow, like or finding a Batwoman. So it's really just him on his own, yeah, by his own. okay, yeah, so. So yeah, I mean, like there's there's not a whole lot of distinction for someone who doesn't you know know this back back catalog yeah. show. Um, so yeah, I, I can I can rock with that. Yeah, but I mean, it didn't pull me out. I I knew that he was a different Oliver, and that the fact that he was different was important. But you know, so it didn't stop me from enjoying the episode. But I just knew I was like, nah, this nigga. Is this Oliver? Do he like black women or something? Like, why is he? I don't know. <laughs> um, so we um. 
we get a lot of shit going on. And we get Dinah, we get the baby, we get Dinah. Um, Sarah? Sarah. Sarah Lance. We get the baby, we get Jonathan back. And this show is, they're doing it. They're firing on all cylinders. There's not a dull moment, even if you don't like a certain character or something. You just wait a couple minutes and there's going to be somebody new on screen. So I enjoyed that. It was always something to look at. Um, one thing I enjoyed, and I had mentioned this on Twitter, I can't remember which episode it was, but I love that everybody is different. You have some people who are playing alternate versions of themselves, but I like the idea that on Earth-62, that Superman could be a very thin twink of a man, and then Superman on Earth-26 is a big, brooding bulky i i like that these actors that they don't recognize themselves all the time um they do in the sense that superman being clark kent knows that when he goes to another earth more than likely clark kent is superman but you are going to physically look different than the clark kent of this one so i do like that i like that um we get what was that battle was it in marco markovia um What's the shit in Avengers when they was fighting them fucking Age of Ultron? That's what we get. We get that battle against some uh, ghosts. And I was okay with this. This didn't bother me. This, like, MacGuffin-ass villains. Like, that's really what it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it gave people a chance to show their powers. Dr. Adam or Mr. Adam, whatever, he did some shit. Um, Batgirl did some... Batwoman did some parkour um yeah arrow and his daughter shot some shit Uh, okay another thing and it's not really that big a deal but i don't understand why women do not like tie their hair up in these fights and i don't know (laughs) if it's like the aesthetic like oh but oliver's daughter just got hair all in her face and shit i'm like that seems counterproductive (laughs) that woman's wig too like I don't know, sis. Put that. But that's okay. Um, Then the big heavy hitters come in. Superman, uh, Supergirl, and uh, Flash. And you knock this shit the fuck out. Really? (laughs) I hollered that whole fight. Um, Yeah, go ahead. What what you got for me? Oh, no. I'm going to say it's just like... (laughs) I... I laughed at looking at some other people's tweets when before they went into the little tower mm-hmm. and something. I think the super uh, man Flash had to go do something mm-hmm. to protect some other people. Yeah, and somebody tweeting was like, "Oh, they have to give the normal people a chance to." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that because else, what the fuck is the point? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so tell me your take on this. I've seen some things floating around online, uh, and I can't remember what. Oh, something about folks at DC not know the DC EU not knowing what to do with Superman, and like, do you think that a character of his power and humanity or whatever is difficult to write? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I say that. 
as someone who, like I said, I've said it three times, and like is not a big fan of the Super Family. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is because I feel like a lot of people, at least a lot of the inclinations I've seen, have just been like, this is the ultimate goody two shoes. Mm. Like, it's Captain America times 100. Yeah. Like, it's the ultimate goody two shoes. I can do all things, you know, through the power of the S on my chest. Yeah. Um, and that becomes boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I like my characters to have, you know, some flaws. Mm-hmm. And I have some times where, like, okay, I can't power my way through this. I have to figure out a different way. Yeah. And I think most people's go-to with Superman is that he always, you know, he wills his way through. He does whatever he needs to do because he is Superman. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, and which makes it kind of, it almost, it makes it interesting mm-hmm. that I do like Supergirl so much. Okay. But that's because she has to learn that lesson. Like mm. She has to learn the lesson a couple of times over. You know, you can't punch your way through this. You mm. have to approach it to a different angle. One of the things that I really, really loved about last season of Supergirl mm-hmm. is that she had learned that lesson that, you know, there's a time for Supergirl mm-hmm. and there's a time for Carl Danvers. Okay. Um, you know, there's a time to, you know, heat vision and laser your way through. And there's a time, to, you know, to for humanity to talk to people and to mm-hmm. get some stuff done. So with that in mind, I think especially because people now just want, you know, the big battles, the big superpowers. Mm-hmm. And all the type of stuff, when you approach Superman that way and all you do is kind of invest in the powers, well, to be honest, the powers are kind of hollow. Yeah, okay, okay. Because, because he has all the powers. Mm-hmm. It's like, it becomes a kind of a hollow thing. It's like it's hard to connect to. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are trying to, when they're writing this Superman character, they're trying to do that. And if I can, if I can just dip my toe into part two for a second. Go ahead. That's what that's what made seeing the Brown and Ralph Superman, the Smallville Superman, mm-hmm. even even the Earth Thirty Eight Superman. Like that's what makes them really kind of like stand out. Mm. Because these are characters who, yes, they have all this power, but that's not what they're about. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big Smallville fan, but from hearing people who were mm-hmm. say, you know, it makes a hundred percent. It makes sense that he did that his story ended like how it did yeah. because of the way that he played the character. Yeah, and seeing the Brandon Ralph Superman, you know, knowing Brandon Ralph through Legends, and then seeing him as Superman is like you see that humanity, you see that character that's present in Ray Palmer, mm-hmm. sort of like kind of amped up to the next level for Superman. It's just like, oh man, like yeah, like this is what they should be doing. Yeah, but I think a lot of people don't even. One even don't think about taking it that route, mm-hmm. or maybe don't even want to. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty much of the same mind. I think that it's you can tell a story, but to do something that has never been done, you have to probably strip away a lot of his power. Um, I like. I'm sure there have been black people and people of color and differently able. Well, not differently able because I know comics ain't that damn inclusive. Um, who have written Superman, um, and I feel like he's more interesting as Clark becoming Superman than he is Superman proper. And it isn't to say there aren't great stories out there with him, but to me, no matter how much you try to lean into the whole he's an alien aspect. It goes back to a white privileged man. 
Um, and I say that because we have a story out there about another alien that came to Earth is probably just as powerful, but he's a black man. And the okay. stories that you get from that. Icon is very much... Speaking. You know, so... And it's nothing against Superman, but much like you, that's part of the thing that makes him not interesting to me. Um, Superman Red Sun... Well, I own that trade, and I think that was pretty good. Um, and I would really like, and listeners, while y'all listen, if you have any suggestions, give me your best Superman stories. And I'm not to say I'm going to like them all, but I want to see what is it that makes him so appealing to so many people. Is it my own lived-in experience that won't allow me to latch on to him? Because even though I'm Black Pride all day long... I seem to enjoy Kara more than Clark, and is it because she's a woman and she can also deal with a bit of oppression, even though she's a white woman, she still has a bit of oppression that she could deal with that I could, I don't know, relate to or understand. Yep. You know what is it? So I'm not knocking Superman, but I'm, he's he's never been my favorite. Um, now the animated series Superman, I enjoy that. But looking back, I don't know if it's nostalgia from being a kid. I know it was good storytelling. I know it was some good, you know, stories in there. But it, I, I just no. I was, I was just about to say no. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited is next level. Oh, for but. sure. It, it, <laughs> but that's the other thing. Like when you get the animated series, I can say I'm a Marvel guy all day long. DC has been killing it. Even even with their animated movies that aren't as great are still leaps and bounds above shit that Marvel has done, not to make them compete, but just a point of reference, and shit that DC has done in the movies, uh, live-action movies. I, I don't understand why you won't just adapt one of your great original movies, cartoons, to live-action and call that a fucking movie. That'll sell out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the formula is there. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole nother episode just mm. about what is going on with DCE. Yeah. But I'll just say, like, I don't. I'm gonna call it. I'm just gonna call it hubris. That's that's about the only thing I can think of. Like they feel like they can create these stories out of thin air that are going to be MCU level or mm -hmm. better. And that's just not the case. Um, and I guess they don't want to admit that they, you know, um, screwed things up. Mm -hmm. And so they keep trying the same thing in different with different people. Yeah. Like you said, you have a perfect template. Like you have a perfect template. Mm -hmm. You have the DCAU. You know, their whole animated. Yes. You have this. Like. Take some people, either some creators or some actors and actresses, put them on the live action screen. Mm -hmm. Fine. Um, I mean, but this has been something DC DC has been doing forever. Like yeah. look back at look back at Green Lantern. Yeah. Like when at the time when Green Lantern when the Green Lantern movie came out, everybody who knew of Green Lantern knew of John Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's absolutely no reason other than you know. A reason that ends with an ism. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That we would not put um, John Stewart Green Lantern on this screen. Because I can remember being a kid and being livid because I was thinking that they had whitewashed um, Green Lantern. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, of course, you know, as I got older and I started to learn more, I was like, well, no, there were some, there were some white ones before John Stewart. <laughs> but still, like, why would you not cash in on the Green Lantern that everybody is familiar with mm. because of your extremely successful animated shows? <sighs> Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints. Who? <laughs> yeah. They, these, uh, again, put fans in the writer's room. It don't even, you don't have to do everything they say, but if you deliver an idea and the fans say, well, based off the continuity of the comics and based off the continuity of what you got going on already, that doesn't make sense. Give it a second thought. Oh my God. Like, you know what? That's, that's it. That is the solution. They need to put fans in control because thinking about thinking about some of these Arrowverse properties, yeah, like specifically Flash because that's the one that automatically came to mind. Yeah, Eric Wallace, the person who runs the Flash show now, mm-hmm. is a fan of yeah. the Flash. Yeah, and you can see a vast improvement in this program mm-hmm. just in these couple of episodes of season six. Yeah, from some of the previous seasons that have not been, at least from my understanding, may not have been so fan heavy yeah and like when you have someone when you have someone who's grown up with these characters who is like fans of these characters mm-hmm. they are going to do justice to these characters yeah not saying you know you can give them to any fan off the street true but like you need someone like you have enough of a catalog where you have people who people who know this who will tell this yeah for you. Mm-hmm. like <laughs> You have you had comics for long enough to where yeah. you have been able to grow up with them. Mm-hmm. Like let the people let it's almost like, you know, letting your work continue your work kinda of, sorta. Of. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all this back catalog of comics and movies and shows or what have you and people who have become fans of it. Yeah. So they have that knowledge and they can bring that to the new iterations to keep that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I agree wholeheartedly. Cause trust and believe, if Marvel ever <laughs> fucks around and gives me any rights to any character on Generation X, baby, we getting a full movie franchise. We getting us a series. We getting us an animated series. We get like, ain't no way. Just those dark red leather type suits with them yellow boots, baby. Are we getting that whole old school the the sketches of the black suit with the gray boots and the Listen, <laughs> let come on, Marvel. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think that is the um, I think that's the way to go. Cause hell, you have people writing fan fiction all day, every day. Some people make careers off of fan fiction, off of merging two different uh properties. What is it? Steph I will just did a well, not just did, but I was just made aware of that Living Heroes, where it's a living single meets. Uh, Marvel Heroes crossover that she has a uh, a comic strip about. What the fuck? That shit is pure D gold. Even if you take the living single out of it, keep the script exactly the same, drop it into a Marvel universe. That is the bomb ass fucking idea for a comic book, limited series, maxi series, or what have you. Like, it's 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 not. It can't be anything but humorous. It can't be anything but. I feel like. You don't have this expertise, so I'm not going to give you this opportunity. Mm-hmm. It, it can't be anything but that, because there's no other reason why you would not cash in on the fact that you have fans who can write, draw, create this yes. a million times. I mean, like I even think about even going, you know, kind of leaning back to Crisis for a second. 
Like I'm even thinking about the poster design. Mm. I didn't have any. I didn't have any major issues with it. It wasn't great. I mean, I'm I'm also not an art person, so mm-hmm. um, but some of the fan posters, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like that type of thing. Like, get these people put out. You know, put out a call if you got to pay these people. Pay. Let me say that again. Pay these. Pay. Uh, and let them do what they would can only dream of doing. Yes, like oh, that is the simplest thing. Like, okay, I'll take Star Wars. I'm not a fan, and it's not that it's not good. I just never it never clicked with me like other things did. I went to see the Star Wars movie. Which one? The one where they bullied that Asian chick into like getting off of social media. Which one was that? I don't know because I know nothing about Star Wars, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that was like a couple years ago, and I went to see that with a friend, and he was like, yeah, that wasn't the Star Wars I was used to, and this and that. And he was, you know, he wasn't angry, but he was like, no, this ain't it. And so I'm thinking, how how much better, now I enjoyed the story, but again, I'm not familiar with Star Wars, but how much better, or what other little things could have come from that story if you had to have someone like him, even those angry fanboys and fangirls that need everything to be just like this and that, even taking in some of their concerns into consideration outside the whole angry at representation. These are diehard friends, fans of a property. How much better could Star Wars be if you incorporate some of these ideas or some of these Cause ain't no way I'm going to write a book and include a trans woman and not reach out to a trans woman and say, "Hey, I'm writing this book. If I have to pay you, then that's what you need to do." But that being said, I'm not going to just write a whole story and be like, "Oh, that should be uh, suffice." And then trans women are like, "You got this very wrong," and then I'm gonna get mad. Nothing. Write what you know, and if you don't know it, ask somebody who do. This you can go off on the tangent here. Let me bring it back in. <laughs> it could all be so simple. Like you said, comics have been around for decades. There is not. We have people who enjoyed comics who are our age, who are younger than us, who are a bit older. Like Hickman, for example, who grew up reading these things, are fans, and now are able to have control over something. Some of the things that they were fans of. People are creating their own universes. People are. It shouldn't be that hard to get talent that looks like and are a part of the demographic that is in your show. There should be women in these writers' room. There should be black people. There should be queer people. There should be differently able people. There should be people with, uh, I don't know, fucking different life experiences other than rich white male or rich white female. Um, there should be non-binary people in there. There should be, because those nuances make it, so that you get a Black Lightning Season 1 versus an Arrowverse. Not to say that they're not good, but Black Lightning is a very different and particular type of show than what you're going to get from Arrow and from uh, Supergirl and from Legends. Um, And so even with Legends, you have this rotating cast. I don't know the makeup of all the writers' rooms, so I'll kind of take that back a bit, but I do know that it does not hurt for when you have a black woman on screen and have a black woman in the writer's room. Because what I saw was there's not many black women in the Arrowverse at all. And I say 99.9% of them live on Black Lightning's planet. 
and that's not saying much because it is a very black show. So that's the default. So yeah. So that's that's my rant. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I don't know, man. Uh, well deserved, well earned. Oh man, um, Oliver gets his ass whooped, which that was odd to me that the monitor didn't. Well, we've learned later or within this episode, monitor gonna do what the fuck he gonna do because there's a larger plan for everything, which feels very kind of lazy to me, or maybe not lazy. It feels like his story isn't told well enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I need to sit with it a bit longer, but every time the monitor's like, yes, let him do this shit because it's going to mean something later. Not to say it doesn't, but it, it it came off as he's just, it it didn't hit for me. That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that, but that, that's kind of something that you get into when you get these people who are, what they call it, who are playing like 4D chess. Okay. Like these people who have, you know, all of this knowledge and mm-hmm. seeing things on the cosmic scale. Yeah. They're doing stuff that don't make sense to us. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're setting up the dominoes to fall so that, you know, it, it, everything goes according to plan. Like that yeah. True. Uh, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know if we have. I don't know if we've, if we've encountered anything like that on, a, on, the, on the Marvel side. So it may be kind of a, like a foreman type thing. Mm-hmm. Why, yeah. are not, why are you not just doing this? Why are you not just going straight forward? Yeah. When you have somebody who's thinking about, you know, the fate of all of all universes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, I liked him just off the strength of him being a black man. But I was like, nigga, what are you? First of all, I'm going, I'm going to ride with you, but I need you to kind of rein some of this shit in young man um sense. <laughs> but yeah shit at least to me tell me something you know uh but no no i i enjoyed it i even enjoyed his like i don't know um beauty store braids that he had what is this <laughs> nine of them i even that was okay i guess you know uh, <laughs> uh but yeah he i enjoyed him um i enjoyed that a black man was pulling the strings i don't give a fuck if he's an alien um, oh, that being said, that's one thing I did want to point out is that because the Titans are a part of the Arrowverse proper, even just by cameo, so Starfire is in canon a black woman. All of her race of people, they are black, like, period. I don't know that we've gotten another Starfire in the Arrowverse. Do you, have we? So, yeah, she's black. And what are they, Tar- Targaryens? Tamaranian. Tamaranian. I've been saying Targaryen. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, classic. Um, but I think they mention, because Supergirl has the most to do with aliens. Yeah. They mention some Tamaranian technology or something like that mm-hmm. in Supergirl. I, I remember now because I remember geeking out about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but we haven't seen any. And it, it's, it's something that's going to be really interesting to me post-crisis yeah. is how much of this stuff they pick back up on. Yeah. Uh, because I remember reading an interview with, I don't remember if it was Belanti or Guggenheim, but it was with one of the one of the orchestrators. And they were saying that they approached all of the showrunners for all, all of the shows, mm-hmm. uh, assuming Black Lightning included, and being like, all right, so we're doing crisis. This now is your time mm. to shake some shit up if yeah. you want to. 
Okay. We're not, we're not going to force you. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But know that by the time we get done with this, if there's anything, any new status quo you want to introduce, mm-hmm. now is the time to do it. I like that. I like that. Uh, so I'm interested to see if anybody took them up on that offer. Okay. I can think of a couple of things. Yeah. Same. That, that should be shaken up. Um, and I wonder if anybody's going to take advantage of these new sort of like these new what's what I want not universes isn't what I want these new opportunities I'll say mm-hmm. that they have because you could introduce a Tamaranian it ain't necessarily got to be Starfire yeah. so if, that's, if that's you know blocked off but you could introduce a Tamaranian mm-hmm. and play around with that you you know you have now um, now what I'm going to say now um, that Earth 99, like that, you know, old Batman world is kind of introduced. You could play around with the possibility of a Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Like, you can play around with some of these things. And I'm, I'm curious to know which of these shows are going to take advantage of that. Oh, they all need to, goddammit. Well, the ones I watch, hell, Batwoman and Black Lightning, Black Lightning specifically, need to move some shit around. Um,. Yeah, I, that's that's smart. I like that, and I wonder. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested in the worlds that we're getting post crisis. I've I've set myself up to be okay with plot lines that are never addressed again if we get something new in crisis. Because there's a lot in Black Lightning that I feel like could be done better, but I feel like they are they're just gonna just drop them. They're gonna just drop the storyline and just pick up with something else. And honestly, I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would be okay with that. I was like, you know, okay, fine. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Some of this, no, don't, some of this stuff, I'm like, please don't do that ever again. Yeah, yeah. Um, we will see, hell. We'll see. Um, shit, I had another question. Uh, Argo City, DCEU, Lena Luther. Yeah. Um, how is she on Supergirl? So, <laughs> I say that, okay, Lena has been a main character on Supergirl since Supergirl Season 2. She was introduced, I think, in the first episode of Supergirl Season 2, as, you know, she's this, this half-sister of Lex. Um, their dad had, a, um, had an affair. They produced a child. Mm-hmm. Lena's mama died, so she moved in with the rest of the Luthors. Okay. Um, so after Lex, you know, was Lex and went to jail, Lena has been trying to salvage the Luthor name. She, you know, reconstituted um, Lex Corp as L Corp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's trying to do good. And we've always, we've always had that air because when we first saw Lena, we also first were introduced to Superman. Okay. And this was a Superman, you know, who's fought Lex to, like I said, to the point when he went to jail. So he sees he sees the name Luthor as like hell no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Lena has always been working against that because you know with Superman in her ear, Kara kind of has that in the back of her mind too. Um, which is you know, I mean, it's fairly understandable. So Lena has been working against that Luthor prejudice 
for most of her tenure. She got to the point where she had kind of shaken it off about, you know, midway through maybe season three or so. Okay. Um, but she's, you know, Luthor is like a state of mind. So it's like, there's, even though she's trying to be good, she's still a Luthor, so there's still like a layer of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a layer like Armadou, what I know is best because I know better than most people. Yeah. So there's still kind of kind of like that layer to her, and that's kind of rubbed Supergirl and some of her crew the wrong way. Okay. But it's, I mean, but at the end of the day, she's always been firmly aligned and been like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm doing these things for the right reasons. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. And this is, you know, um, if anybody plans on going back and watching Supergirl Season 4, I'm going to assume that you don't mind if I... No, go ahead. Knock it out. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yes, spoiler alert. Um, When Lex shows up last season of Supergirl, maniacal as all hell. Like, you know, doing all sorts of crazy, crazy shit. Like, basically, basically he manipulated, you said you saw the MAGA people. Yeah. It was it was kind of a commentary on the rich um, using you know poor people to fund that sort of like MAGA movement so mm-hmm. that they are fighting each other while they are being rich people yeah. taking advantage of this. Let's kind of play that rich person role because he was manipulating the people, the basically make America great again people, yeah, into causing all this chaos so that he could ascend the ranks and essentially become President Trump. Okay. Um, okay. Lena knowing Lex the best and still having some sort of twisted affection for him Mm -hmm. she because she did say that Lex was the one who pushed her to be better and you know he was the person she was the closest to in their family Mm -hmm. so she was kind of trying to stand against him but at the same time kind of you know like doing some behind the scenes stuff Lex. so it was a real complex type of thing but in the finale, when it was clear that Lex is just out of his fucking mind, yeah, um, she kills him. Mm, okay. And we can t- like not even Lex predicted that. Um, so she's so she kills him, and he's just like, "You wow, you actually hit, okay?" Mm-hmm. And he, with his dying breath, he reveals to her that Kara is Supergirl. Mm. Which is something that she was literally, she was literally the only person in the main cast that did not know. Mm. Um, so she feels betrayed. She yeah. feels, you know, you've you've done all this, you double sided me, you know, you lied to me for all this time, and she's, you know, she has a chip on her shoulder. And it isn't until like we see that Olena is mad about this at the end of last season, but it isn't until this season. Where we see why this messes with Lena so much. Yeah. Um, we see that she's been betrayed constantly mm-hmm. know, throughout her life. You know, she's had people lie to her consistently. We see that the fact that, you know, she had no intentions of opening herself up, but Kara convinced her, you know, like, we can be honest, we can be truthful to each other. Yeah. She feels like they entire her. All of her friend group in National City, which is where it's set, mm-hmm. all of her friend group is based on a lie. Yeah, sure. because it's supposed to be all based on truth and honesty and friendship, and like two of those things were not present at all. And to make matters worse, and this was the thing that really took 
really made the situation hit home for me. Lena, when she's telling Supergirl, she's telling Kara that, you know, like, no, I, I'm going to say I'm actually very still mad at you. Kara is trying to explain and trying to, you know, kind of downplay it. Yeah. Borderline gaslight her. Okay. She's borderline <laughs> gaslighting her. Um, and Lena, she's just like, she loses it. And she's just like, straight out. She's like, no, I killed my brother for you. Don't you understand? Yeah. Oh. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's, that's true. Like, she said, she's been saying that Lex, you know, he's out of his fucking mind. Lex is the only person in her family that she truly loved. Yeah. And she killed him. She, she predicted what he was going to do. And she shot him in the chest. Oh. And it's just like, no, like, you, you don't, you don't get to, you know, you don't get to apologize this away. Yeah. Like, I murdered my brother. Because I knew that he was going to come after my friends. And I thought I was doing the right thing to protect the people that I care about. Yeah. Lo and behold, you're going to kill the man in time. So it's like, it's a real emotional, real raw thing. And I think a lot of people, when they, a lot of people don't understand where Lena is coming from. Yeah. They see her as just like kind of whining. Which, to an extent, I can kind of get it, because before we got that backstory, I can see why they would say that. Yeah, yeah. But when they, but when she, I'm telling you, when she said, like, I killed my brother for you, don't you understand what you've done? For me, it hit home, and it really makes a lot of her actions make so much sense. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I'm a little bit worried about is that with what Lena has done, with, you know, how she has treated the other people, this can only end one of two ways. Either they're going to have to do some, like, she's going to have to do some serious atonement, mm -hmm. um, or it's going to end with her leaving. Because she can't, because she can't atone. So I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Like, it's, it's a fantastic, it's a very interesting and a fantastic way to go with her character. Yeah. But I'm really scared on how it's going to end. Oh, I just met this motherfucker and I'm nervous now. After all that shit you just told me, I'm thinking she ought to go in there and just stab every fucking body through the heart with kryptonite and call it a fucking day. All you bitches, even you humans, fuck you. I, and and what's, what's so good is that, what's so good about it is that she says, like, she says consistently, like, I am not a villain. I am not going to kill Supergirl. That's not my intention. Yeah. I want to do that. I want you, one, I want you to know how much you have hurt me. Yeah. Two, I want to, I want to, if I can, to make it so that no one else has to feel that. Yeah. Which, when you think about, when, like I said, when you see, and even, even though I've explained, you know, the gist of her arc. Yeah. Like, when you see it, it's like, Oh shit! Yeah. So there's still, you know, enjoyment to be had. Mm. So when when you start to see it, it's like, yeah, when you see somebody who's been through as much, Lena needs therapy. Lena just she needs to sit down with a therapist and she needs to have some conversation <laughs> because she yeah. has a whole lot of baggage. That when you have that much emotional baggage combined with somebody as smart and with as much access to resources Ooh, as she has, true. Yeah, stuff gets dicey. Damn. I uh, okay. I hope we get more of her. I'll tune in. I'll tune into Supergirl for Lena alone. Like, period. She, I just she, she's up there. Like, she's. I still kind of feel like Kara is probably my favorite. Okay. Because, 
because the the the, the woman who plays Kara is just so perfect. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I still feel like Kara is my favorite, but Lena is a strong second. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Lena Luther. God damn it, you motherfucker! <laughs> I don't know. Um, shit. I guess a quick overview of Crisis. Like now, going into like you know whatever episode has already aired with the with the crisis that we have now. Are you confident in their um, ability to handle these last two episodes? Do you think it's going to end well? Do you like where where your head at? With that, that whammy, like that whammy of an ending, like yeah, I was legit on my on my floor, leaning over my coffee table, like what? The yes, fuck? yes. What the fuck? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Okay. Um, I think that they can pull this off because I can say, you know. Out of the three hours that we've seen thus far, I only have three complaints, and only and only one of them is like a legitimate, like I somebody legitimately have an issue with. Yeah. So I think they have a pretty, they have a pretty good track record. Okay. Um, so I think they can pull it off to where something really. Okay, let me say this. I believe that they can write it into something that can be really great payoff. Mm. Only thing that may hold them back is budget. Yeah. Because I feel like I feel like with a thing like this, you you kind of have to have like that big mm-hmm. final battle at the end. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them do some workarounds to make some stuff happen. Yeah. And I just hope and pray that they've had enough. They've had enough foresight, and CW gave them enough money. Yeah, yeah. To work to give us, you know, to give us a good, you know, solid ending. Mm. Uh, but I think they can because yeah. they. They pulled out some twists that I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, some people know, showed up. Yeah. Mm. I, one person in particular fucked me up. I don't know if they were already listed, but that small little cameo of maybe four or five minutes really got me. Oh, so yeah. yeah. I, I said, all right. Okay. I might have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit. Okay. So... My final kind of wrap-up question is, where do they go from here? If if crossovers are a annual thing, what could possibly, not necessarily top Crisis, but be the next, like, big crossover, even though we haven't seen post-Crisis yet, what do you think could even be the crossover for next year? Okay, so, from what I've been watching and from what I've seen, like, they kind of do a... They kind of sort of do an alternate thing where, like, you know, one year they do a huge, um, like, okay. like crossover, mm-hmm. and then maybe next year they do something more episodic, kind of more low scale. So if if the pattern continues, yeah. next year probably be something like more episodic, more mm-hmm. low scale. Um, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with a lot of like big storylines. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say if they have to, do, if they should definitely do something more episodic, something more low scale. Mm. Um, a lot of people have been clamoring for um, for kind of a world's finest okay. thing between, um, like, a team up between Batwoman and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, I would kind of say, and I think this could be pretty low scale. <sighs> 
I kind of want them to do a to do a a, a version of kind of a Batman v Superman type deal. Okay. Okay. Like I want them to be at a point where you know, for whatever some reason, Kara and Kate on opposing sides. Yeah. And you know, like they're you know trying to come to kind of a and I hate to, now I'm doing a Marvel reference <laughs> kind of kind of a Civil War type deal. Okay. But like you know, do do the Batman v Superman type deal lens, mm-hmm. uh, where like maybe some of the other heroes they kind of align themselves either with Kara or Kate. Yeah. And we see sort of like we see a lot of character work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could be a really good a really good thing uh, for them to do on a lower scale. Like it doesn't have to be big, you know, yeah. really type of thing. Um, but it could be a really interesting character driven crossover. Yeah. I could see that. That sounds interesting, especially because we've gotten Civil War and Civil War Two. We've gotten the Marvel of it all. I think that would be interesting to have these two women leading the opposing teams in this flagship like disagreement. I could see that. I think that would be nice. Um, I wasn't aware that it was like a more quiet season versus a larger crossover. Um, I immediately went to the Batman Who Laughs. I, cause I figure the Batman who laughs in the comics was a whole Dark Knight's metal thing. Cutting that out, or maybe making that a smaller part. There are different versions of the characters who laugh. There's the Shazam who laughs, the Wonder Woman who laughs. So this whole infection from what is I don't want to say the negative, whatever world they're from, that would be interesting to me. Uh, because I really like the idea of a character playing an evil version of themselves and doing the whole black swan of it all. Like, I have to, I cannot overcome this person in any way that I know how because they are me. So, I would like... Yeah. Now, that could be that could be good um, because, because she's the youngest. Um, and I'm just going with this because you said Batman. Yeah. Her show is the newest. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate hasn't been able to play a evil version of herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be an interesting sort of thing. Mm. But but now isn't now tell me isn't that isn't that wrapped up in Joker? Yeah, and it's a larger. Th- but then you also got your Alice character. Now Alice is not a Joker analog. Well, she's not a female Joker. But her and Mouse have some tendencies that I think lead them into that madness of it all. So I, I mean, I think it could be done. No, I, I can rock with that because the reason why I asked was that a Joker thing because then they're, they're not gonna let the CW get Joker like at all. <laughs> Joker is making them a billion dollars. They're not. Uh-uh. Yeah, they're asking that. But you do bring up a good point, like because you know because I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm hoping <laughs> they don't. That they don't kill Alice at the end of Batwoman season one. They wouldn't want to. I'm, I'm gonna stop watching. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, shit. Um, so with Alice being maybe like a, a, a recurring antagonist, they yeah. would have that be like a that be something that she does. Like she does something with Kate, mm-hmm. and that fits because she wants Kate over on her side. Yeah. So that fits. Yeah. Like it really makes sense for her to get. Oh my, that could be it. That could be the thing. I mean, all of these things together. I mean, I mean, like you could have Alice get Kate to do something, and mm-hmm. you know, we have Kate being the bad person, thinking that oh, I gotta stop an evil Supergirl. Mm-hmm. It's the other way around. Yeah, I mean, 
Hire us, DC. Uh, the fucking uh, copyright carefree black nerd and uh, M Hayes. God damn it. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Again, put the fans in the writers room. Shit. Uh, yeah, man. That I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm interested. I'm interested to see uh, listeners out there use that hashtag crisis on CBN. Let us know what your you know ideas are for what would be a crossover or what are the answers to any of the questions we brought up or do you agree do you disagree what's some shit that you got going on and how did you feel about the crossover um there's a guy on my facebook i forget his name he is not a fan of the crossover uh and i you know i'm saying that's fair everyone has their own ideas of what's good and entertaining but he has been ripping this shit to shreds and i'm i i think there's a place for that um now there's, it's art, so it, it is meant to be critiqued and analogued, analogued, analyzed and, and, and examined and things pulled from it. So I'm fine with that. But I, in contrast to him, I've really been enjoying Sans Black Lightning, everything that I've been seeing. So I, I don't know. Come on. Come on, y'all. Shit. Let's, let's come on. <laughs> well shit um any uh final thoughts comments questions concerns theories um anything i don't even i don't even want to go down that theory route yeah because there's just there's just so much like yeah. i said with that, with that ending it's like, bruh, like Woo! yes 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 that is there's a lot of shit that could be done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to just wait and see. I'm going to let them tell me what's going on. Um, right. But I, I, I will say I will say this. As a person, I was upset before, as a person who's, whose favorite show of these Arrowverse shows mm-hmm. is Legends, mm-hmm. I am very excited and very glad to see Sarah taking such a, such a prominent role. Um, because, you know, like, I feel like a lot of times she kind of gets shafted. Yeah. Legends in general kind of gets shafted, but I feel like particularly her, because there's there's this emphasis on, you know, the DC, uh, I'm sorry, the Arrowverse Trinity of Oliver, Barry, and Carl. Yeah. I'm really glad to see her taking a more active role, um, especially considering, like, her history, considering that she's been there almost as long as Oliver has. Yeah. And something that I learned for um, when I was for a project that I'm working on, like something I learned was that Sarah Lance was actually the first queer live action character in, I'm sorry, uh, the first queer adaptation of any DC. Wow, really? Yeah, like she was the first like queer adaptation. Of course, you know comics they have, yeah. But like as far as adaptations go, she was the first openly queer one. Um, in in either company, um, and I was just like, put some respect. Yeah, come on, on sis. Sarah Lance thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I I don't know what and you know what existing in this space where we consume a particular kind of media just by virtue of existing. I I would have assumed there had been others, but that's shit. Kudos to her. And whoever put her and her queerness on screen and not changed it to fit, I don't know, some Deadpool type. Well, no, he's still, whatever. But who did? Who ain't changed it? Shit. Okay, that's cool. Well, shit, learn something new every goddamn day. Hell. Um, uh, let folks know where they can find you, uh, support you, and listen to more of your thoughts and all that. 
So, like I said at the, at the top of this, you know, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as a, as Loose as a Deuce, L O O S E A S A D E U C E. Um, that's my Twitter handle. I live tweet pretty much all of these Arrowverse shows when I can. Um, you can also go head to my website, mhaines.org, M-H-A-Y-N-E-S.org. That's where I do blogs, where I talk about, you know, writing, and you can even see some of the stuff that I've written. So, mm-hmm. yeah, follow me, talk, let's talk more. Okay, okay, y'all heard that. And the links will be in the show notes. Uh, of course, if you're here, you're listening to me, and if you don't know how you got here, Carefree Black Nerd on all social medias. Carefree Blurred on Twitter. Um, check out the shows before and after this one in the feed. I'm not sure what's before this. Probably Black Lightning or Batwoman. And then after this, chronologically should be Batwoman, then Black Lightning. But we'll see. Um, all in all, use the hashtag Crisis on CBN when you're live tweeting, when you're listening to this episode, when you're watching any of the Crisis shows live on syndication, CW app, CW seed, all of that. And y'all, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay the fuck away from, I don't know, Earth One. Um, oh stay oh. indoors. <laughs> that, fam. Just run for cover, motherfucker. Shit. <laughs> all right.